Thank you, sir. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 212, August 20, 2019. 97 degrees on this day in 1972, and it uh, got as low as 40 on this day in 1950. Wait, got low as what? 40. 40 and what year was that? 1950. I missed that. 1950. Oh, thank you. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake. Go home, Matthew. It's Garage Logic. Don't tempt me. With rookie on production, Chris Reavers, Catholic director Church of social has a new media, problem. John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Yeah, well, the Catholic Diocese of Memphis uh, say claims of racial bias and discrimination are unfounded regarding allegations that a Collierville priest discriminated against uh, one of them by rejecting her as a house cleaner on the basis of race. And it turns out that he had to warn her that for some reason uh, he has a dog who doesn't like black people. Oh, no, no, no. So you've got a racist dog here. Huh. But the diocese examined the priests and said, they're not racist. They just have a it's bad the dog. dog. They have a bad, have a bad dog. Jeez. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then is that, you file that off and how dumb are you? If you're the priest. Well, the current he... housekeeper had been properly introduced to the dog by Father Cole. He was not able to leave at that time to introduce the dog to his replacement employee. And and uh, I guess the dog barked and acted. You know, does it say what kind of a dog it was? Well, our reporting isn't what it used to be. Let's see if it does. Uh, uh, it described the parish staff as saying, uh, "Father uh, J6's dog is kind of racist." Hmm. <laughs> isn't that a learned behavior, though, for I, I, dogs? I don't know. I have no idea. It's a German Shepherd. Oh, so well. There's German Shepherds that don't take to men. Right. I, I, I understand. Very sexist dog. Very sexist. Well, well, German shepherds have a mind of their own. Rook, where's my pencil? If you're the, if you're the priest in that situation, do you feel it necessary Forget to inform? Forget it, Reavers. He's so far distracted right. now. What now? Okay. No, no, apparently. If you're the priest in that situation, yeah. don't you just kind of roll the dice without having to let everybody know that public? You know, yeah, yeah. Just uh, maybe keep that one in house. I don't know. I, just, I guess I was amused by the fact that. Racism and racist uh, have come to mean uh, nothing or everything uh, to the point now where we got a racist dog. The dog's racist. The dog isn't racist. The dog has no clue why they're barking. Uh, Let's turn our attention to uh, Ilhan Omar. Uh, She and her uh, sisters, they call each other sisters, uh, Rashida Talib from Michigan, at a big press conference here yesterday at the state capitol. saw that. Yeah. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. Here is your latest Ilhan Omar report on Garage Logic. The two congresswomen were set to travel to Israel over the weekend, remember, uh, to hear from individuals on the ground about the conflict so I could be more informed as a member of Congress. Let me stop right there and ask once again, what does that have to do with Minnesota's 5th Congressional District? Right. And why should she... uh, be any more influential or instructive about what she calls the conflict than anybody else. 
she is a supporter of the BDS movement, boycott, divest, and sanction, which uh, calls against Israel. Mm-hmm. And, and the, uh, the fellow who started that is a guy named Omar Bugatti, very learned fellow, lived in Egypt, born in Qatar, lived in Egypt, lived in this country. And he is on record as saying uh, there will essentially, I'll rephrase it in garage logic terms, there will be no Israel. If, if BDS gets its way, they want they want all the land, and then he wants an influx of Arabs to live there, and that, that'll be their state, and there's really no room anywhere in there for the Jewish people to live. Right. Well, that seems inclusive. Mm-hmm. Uh, this woman is quite clearly an anti-Semite, and so is Tlaib. And the constituents in the 5th Congressional District are being poorly served. I have more information on that in a moment. Okay. But in her concluding remarks, uh, in one of the rare times I agree with one of Trump's tweets, because I find them all to be uh, absurd. <laughs> but he said, I'm not buying that Rashid Tlaib's tears. She had a chance to go. They reinvited her. Yep. So I, I agree with that. I'm not buying it either. They did. They reinvited her on the uh, basis that she was going to go see her 90 year old grandmother. Right. And then she turned around and said, Thanks, but no thanks. Right. Now I'm not going. Yeah. She, like so a she, petulant little Well, yeah. Child. She, she's using her own grandmother to politicize this. Right. right. Omar said Monday that, uh, okay, there is no way we are ever going to allow people to tear us down, to see us cry out of pain, to ever make us feel like our certificate is less than theirs, Omar said. We are going to hold our head up high and we are going to fight this, this administration in the oppressive Netanyahu administration until we take our last breath. That's the, those are the words of a revolutionary. Yes. Th- those aren't the words of a congressional representative from the 5th District. No. Those are the words of a committed, committed revolutionary. Tell me that you're within your report here that you are going to tell me that the Jewish population in that 5th District are opening their eyes, rubbing them, and going, wait a minute, what did we do? Well, she claims to have support for many Jewish uh, constituents in her district. I, I would think that many Jewish constituents uh, uh, probably didn't vote for her in the first place. Okay. But listen to those words. They, they sound, there is no way we are ever going to allow people to tear us down, to see us cry out of pain, to ever make us feel like our certificate is less than theirs. We are going to hold our head up high, and we are going to fight this administration and the oppressive Netanyahu administration until we take our last breath. I'm not suggesting she's a terrorist, but don't, don't those sound like the words of Al-Qaeda or... Stirring uh, the pot. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. And I'm not suggesting she is. Right. But those are the committed, those are the words of a committed revolutionary. Read them again. Who, who would like to see Israel <laughs> disappear. Yep. Wiped off the map. One more time? Yeah, one more time. There is no way that we are ever going to stop allowing people to tear us down, to see us cry out of pain, to ever make us feel like our certificate is less than theirs. We are going to hold our head up high, and we are going to fight this administration and the oppressive Netanyahu administration until we take our last breath. Hmm. Very strong. You read uh, an earlier paragraph, I believe, just a few minutes ago. That's worth rereading. Omar said that she had met with constituents from the Jewish community ahead of the trip and heard overwhelming outcry and condemnation of actions taken uh, by Netanyahu and Trump. But mm-hmm. like like you said, she didn't mention any names. The Star Tribune went and dug around and found a few people, 
um, including uh, two Democrats. Uh, let me find this. Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan have a well-documented history of anti-Semitic comments, anti-Semitic social media posts, and anti-Semitic relationships. And uh, it's, it's dangerous. They do. And they can't, they can't fob this trip off as being anything other than anti-Semitic. It's right. exactly what it is. Okay, GLers, rather than take it from me, if you're curious enough, uh, do your homework on Omar, O-M-A-R, Barghouti, B-A-R-G-H-O-U-T-I. He's the mastermind of the BDS movement. And he contends that there are no Palestinians who would ever accept a Jewish state in Palestine. So he's, he's, he's no... He's, the two-state solution is long out of the range for oh, this yeah, guy. Oh, this guy's... He, yeah, and, but you can do your own homework. You know who, who had something brilliant about this, of all people? Bill Maher. Okay. Really? Yeah. Didn't see that coming. Bill Maher. Uh, I will say this about Bill Maher. He's his own guy when it comes to his opinions. He, he, doesn't, he does own it, yes. He... he, he yep. He's not afraid of being kicked out of the club, you're even right. though he's in the club. You're, you're right. I don't watch him, but when he pops up in the news, I, I read what he says. I agree with you, Joe. I don't always agree with everything that he says, but he, he doesn't back down. He's not a guy that's going to cater to one side. No, as a member of the club, he's, he's gutsy because he's yep. not afraid of the club. No. Uh <clears throat> On Friday's episode of Real Time, that's the name of his show, mm-hmm. Bill Maher calls support for a movement funded by someone who does not recognize Israel's right to exist as a bull-blank purity test by people who want to appear woke. Uh, Bill Maher blasted the BDS movement. Uh, Maher asked his guests if it, were f- if it was fair to promote the BDS movement in response to the recent diplomatic crisis over a planned visit by Tlaib and Omar uh, both of whom support a boycott of Israel. Originally, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu was inclined to allow the Congresswomen to visit. Then he reversed his decision following pressure from uh, Donald Trump on Friday to leave, but not Omar, was granted permission to enter the West Bank via an Israeli border crossing to visit her elderly grandmother on the condition that she would not take part in pro-BDS activity during her stay. Shortly after the Israeli government uh, announced its decision, Tlaib declared that she could not visit under such restrictive conditions and canceled. Marr proceeded to tear down the left wing's uh, support for the BDS movement as a purity test by people who want to appear woke. Marr said that the movement was based on the assumption that the Palestinians, being mostly brown, are innocent and correct, whereas Jews in Israel must be wrong because they're whiter. <laughs> And he said they're ignoring uh, they're ignoring the infatadas and the wars and the rockets. Absolutely, and, and, they are. and the yeah. uh, uh, and how did Talib respond to that, Such? She wants to boycott. Yeah, Mars Mars uh, show. Yeah, yeah. He so on. she she really didn't want to see Grandma. It the, wasn't host went, the host went on to uh, went on to point out that the Palestinian people had not found themselves suddenly occupied out of the blue. Forget about the in, intifadas and the suicide bombings and the rockets. Mar said. Mar also pointed out that Omar Barghouti, has uh, the mastermind of BDS, has said on record that no Palestinian would ever accept a Jewish state in Palestine. Mm-hmm. 
That's our fifth congressional district. Uh, Oilhan Omar's district named worst district for black Americans in the U.S. The Democrats represent 25 of the worst 30 districts in the country. Uh, This is according to financial website 24-7. Wall Street released the details of its study last week that sought to measure socioeconomic disparities between black and white Americans by congressional districts to identify the worst congressional districts for black Americans. They used several uh, key metrics and data from the U.S. Census Bureau, cost of living adjusted median household income, unemployment and poverty rates, educational attainment, and home ownership rates. The data show that Omar's district has the greatest socioeconomic disparities between black and white Americans of any congressional districts in the United States. What is she doing to address those problems? That's just the point right there. She's been just gallivanting around town, not doing anything productive for the state of Minnesota. Meanwhile, for the last couple of years, she's been caught lying, whether it's social media or in the public eye, numerous times. And she's never held accountable for any of this. Way to go, Minneapolis. In each of the five worst districts for black Americans, they are represented by Democrats. In fact, Democrats represent 25 of the worst 30 congressional districts for black Americans. The same researchers also discovered that many of America's most segregated cities fall within many of the same congressional districts that have high levels of racial socioeconomic disparity. It's not just Minneapolis, though, Chris. It's... It's Spring Lake Park, yeah, it's right. Brooklyn Center, yep. it's uh, Robbinsdale, St. Louis Park. It looks like part of uh, Bloomington, Richfield. The latest I could find on Representative Steve Draskowski's uh, battle with Omar, remember we had oh, him on yes. here, uh, he, he has spurred that campaign finance investigation of Omar. Uh, and he apparently, this is a July 24th is the latest I could find anything. Uh, he's a Mazeppa, Minnesota Republican, mm-hmm. and on July and back in July, he said that he has submitted a formal request for an investigation of Omar to the U.S. House Committee on Ethics. You remember we discussed that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Representative Omar has not been forthright with the good people of Minnesota, plain and simple, he said. He's talking about, uh, compared to her views on Israel, he's talking about something very pedestrian. Her uh, campaign financing, uh, her uh, marriage, however, that has been... I wouldn't call it pedestrian. Well, you know what I mean. Well, I mean, uh, people's eyes get glossy when you start talking yeah. about financing, campaign financing. Well, the long and short of it is... Uh, he isn't getting anywhere with this. Well, because no. Angie Craig won't assist in it. The progressive group Take Action Minnesota released a statement in support of Omar. When elected officials attack our neighbors and intentionally spread misinformation in our communities, it hurts all of us. Leaders who divide our state and country weaken the whole. So in other words, the progressives are saying that Dreskowski is, uh, is, is the bad guy here. Of course and, he is. And not, yeah. not Omar. Uh, wow. Omar's district is 67% white, 16% black, 6% Asian, 8% Hispanic, and 1.23 Native American. Do you have, do they break it down religion-wise? 708,000 people in her district, median income of 63,000. Mm-hmm. 100% urban. Mm-hmm. All of the north side. Mm-hmm. You know, on a, a, a sin that a sin that was committed in this country was redlining, and you could make the argument that yeah, make the argument that uh, that's been tough to overcome, even though it's no longer practiced. You know, blacks were excluded from certain neighborhoods, right. and, and uh, that led to uh, a foundation that, that was well, the lack of a foundation to build upon, and uh, that's certainly a part of the problem. 
in the fifth congressional district, but was part of the was, problem. It was part of the problem, and no longer is, and no. hasn't been for years. Right. But uh, I, she just uh, Omar does not seem interested in even addressing the needs of her district. She gives no rat's asses about Bloomington, Robbinsdale, nope. Spring Lake Park, Golden Valley, New Hope, Fridley. She couldn't care less. So, it, it, and you could make the argument that she doesn't even care about Cedar. Riverside, the heart of her district, right. where she uh, hails from. Mm-hmm. She picked up 267,000 votes in the last election when her opponent, Jennifer Zielinski, got 75,000. So what is that? That's 330,000, 340,000 votes out of 700,000. you got to factor in kids, too. But I don't see her getting defeated. No. Heavens I, no. I don't know. But, uh, this is... The Jewish... If, if, the, if the Jewish lobby in that 5th district rises... I, I think they could probably give it a good push. So are you saying you don't see her beat within her own party or by Republicans? Because that seat has been held by a Democrat or a DFLer since 63. Right. You know, and I would acknowledge a Republican doesn't stand a shot well, against a, her. Isn't there a former cop running? So we need to yes, turn to her Chris party, Kelly. and her party needs to do something. Her party is probably... But that's just it. They, they spin everything like this. As as Joe mentioned, she's the victim in all of this. No, Look at the way the media is portraying her. She's the new party, Ken. She's the face of the new party. She and Talib and AOC and that that's the new party. And that that's either gonna win for the Democrats or it's gonna sink them. Well, it's gonna sink them. This is the new Democratic Party. Twelve thousand people showed up for Warren today. She's well, she's gonna get a, reelected. That's according to her campaign. <laughs> Background me on this. Elizabeth Warren at McAllister last night. And? And uh, her campaign claims 12,000 people. Uh, conveniently enough, so many people uh, that she could not take questions as was originally planned. Oh, I see. She just had an hour to uh, uh, to recite the uh, list, of the laundry list of gifts she intends to bring about. Hmm. Uh, going after the wealthy with per- taking percentages of their money. That'll work. That they uh, didn't work for. No, oh, my goodness, right. no. They Free health care. Uh uh, immigration reform, uh, no mining. Uh, the um, the well, that's uh, no uh, mining on public lands in northern Minnesota. She was playing to her crowd here. Uh, climate control. She's playing climate to her. Control. She's playing to her crowd here. Do you think she could get away with that up there? Well, of course not. No, of she's course not. Going to go up there. No. But I listened to the interviews of you some missed of the most the, important part. What? She, where she got the biggest cheer for the wealth tax, two percent tax on fifty million. Yeah. And three percent on tax on those over a billion that's to raise. It's that's, that's immoral. Two it, trillion dollars over ten years. It's what immoral. It is. It's, it's immoral. punishment for Double working taxation. your ass off. But she is of a cadre of the Democrats who quite literally want to bring about a complete economic reform that would take a big sledgehammer to capitalism and somehow invent some more of a redistributionist nature to it. And uh, one of the key ways. They, they could bring that about is, is this climate change nonsense. Mm-hmm. That is merely a, 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 a dynamic they're seizing upon to help them bring about the economic changes they foresee. Oh, oh I li- say that again. That's, well, I've that's, been saying it for 10 years. That is, that's as plain as you've ever made it. All it is. You know it's going to be this good today. <laughs> all it is is, say it again. All it is is a dynamic being used to completely restructure capitalism as we know it today. Yep. It has I had n- no idea I was going to be this good Thank today. you. 
Uh, pay I, attention I, to what the good hand is doing. <laughs> it, it, it's that's what it is. I listened to some of the people that uh, the news channels interviewed who were awaiting her performance on that lovely evening last night. I mean, what a gorgeous evening! Yes. Perfect. And one one young woman said, "Well, uh, she has to fix the earth, or the earth is broken. <laughs> the earth is broken, and if we don't fix it, we, you know, there's, what's the point?" <clears throat> young lady. You're a moron, young no, lady. No, it's it's. Uh, well, I can continue on this thread, Joe. I, I think, I've, I've had deep thoughts today. I think it's more than mental illness. I think it's now become a disease. These people are brainwashed. Mm-hmm. Well, here, let me tell you something. They've been infected. Let me tell you something. Infestation. They need a salve. Let me tell you something. Ointment. EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake is having a back-to-school sale. Uh, you heard me right. Are you playing? A back-to-school sale on scooters. Yeah, you want to beat the man at the gas pump? How about a Raystar 49cc sale priced at $12.99? These scooters are made by Lance and Sim in California. They have been since 1968. Lance and Sim got wind of Tim's uh, back-to-school sale, and they said to him, throw another 100 bucks off those prices. Woo! So now that Raystar 49cc is $11.99. A Cabo 50. Eighteen ninety nine? No, make it seventeen ninety nine. Havana Classic fifty. Nineteen ninety nine? No, eighteen ninety nine. And the same with the Soho fifty. Multicolors, warranties, you name it. These are reliable scooters. And if uh, you did need service, Tim makes a daily trip through the Twin Cities. Stop at the college campus, pick it up, take it back, tune it up, do an oil change, bring it back to you. Elizabeth Warren could have bought a brand new EcoFun Motorsport That's bike. Right. Boy, right. I sure do wonder how those twelve thousand arrived at McAllister. They all walk. I, I, I bet a lot of them drove there. Don't well, you think? I, I wish they would have had an e-bike. Uh, EcoFun Motorsports is on Highway sixty one right downtown Forest Lake, also a full line of Yamaha motorcycles. But right now, really, some really sweet deals on these scooters. And man, that is a way to uh, get around the campus. Uh, no parking hassles, fuel economy, you name it. It's fantastic. Get up to EcoFun Motorsports in uh, Forest Lake and take a test drive. Let's uh, continue uh, along. Let's check in with Greta Thunberg when we come back. I- I've decided to keep her in my sights throughout her trip. The Earth is not your mother. The Joe Souchere Show. We have uh, discussed 16-year-old Greta Thunberg, the Swedish teenager who is the poster child for fighting climate change, and her latest stunt, and I, I'm using that word on purpose, is to uh, sail to New York for a UN conference on global warming. Sail, as in a little schooner, wind-powered? A uh, racing yacht. Oh, oh, okay. No sails on this sail. Supplied by the royal family of Prince Albert of Monaco. Okay. All right. Uh, right. But I was alerted by an emailer to a great piece written by Michael St. George uh, on a site called Climate Dispatch. Ooh. And it really alerted me to some thinking. Uh, Last Wednesday, in a blaze of unremittingly fawning publicity and uncritical adulation, of which even Moses descending from Mount Sinai with the tablets bearing the Ten Commandments would have been envious, the good ship Mozilla, or as I prefer to call it in view of its almost quasi-religious mission, Greta's Ark, 
set sail from Plymouth bound for New York, carrying no less a personage, if you believe the green hype, than the putative savior of our world, diminutive, pigtailed climate activist Greta Thunberg, age 16. There's much about this stunt and its main protagonist to mock. But just for the purposes of this article, ignore for a moment both the grotesque cynicism of egregiously exploiting a clearly troubled and vulnerable child to advance an eco-totalitarian political agenda and the incongruity that few of us can whistle up a $4 million 60-foot yacht from Prince Albert of Monaco to cross the Atlantic to assuage our enviro guilt and consider just one question. Precisely how green is the blessed Greta's planet-saving maritime odyssey? Initially, let's hopefully forestall any potential criticism for mixing up the terminology. Carbon dioxide, CO2, is an invisible, colorless, odorless, 0.04% trace gas essential to all plant life on Earth, though that apparently has not stopped Greta's mother, a well-known left liberal activist called Marlena Ehrnman, from saying her daughter can see it. Greta can see CO2. No. Oh. Uh, truly do the righteous have bestowed upon them gifts denied to the rest of us. Carbon. Uh, on, we don't know that. Carbon, on the other hand, is the predominant element in coal, which is why the green movement always uses the language of carbon footprint or carbon free when they actually mean CO2. Because in the public mind, carbon is nasty black stuff, isn't it? While wanting on spurious scientific grounds to reduce the Earth's capacity for plant and crop growth perhaps isn't a good look. First, how did Greta get to Plymouth? On foot? By bike? On a magic carpet borne aloft by unicorns? Or perhaps more prosaically, not but not by carbon-free means at all, but by using the same fossil fuel-powered transport that we're enjoined to eschew on pain of eternal eco-damnation. Next, Greta's Ark required the assistance of other vessels to undock her and tow her out of Plymouth. Oddly, this was not accomplished by several longboats manned by brawny matelots lustily belting out traditional sea shanty, but by a couple of RIBs. They may have been electric engines, but carbon-free their production aid. Let's look at the supposedly zero-emissions carbon-free yacht itself. It's built of carbon fiber. Remember, we skeptics aren't the one who started the misuse of scientific terminology for political effect. Now the production process for building a carbon fiber yacht is estimated to be around 14 times as energy intensive, and thus in carbon, i.e. CO2 emissions, as that for building one of equivalent length in steel. Oh. Not only that, huh. the epoxy resins used in the construction of Greta's Ark are different and are all organic materials made from petroleum and significant amounts of natural gas. <laughs> Some intriguing revelations about the crewing arrangements. Emerge soon after departure. It turns out that the three westbound crossing crew will be flying back from New York to Europe, while the replacement crew of five will be flying from Europe will be flying from Europe to New York for the return passage. So that's three transatlantic flights for Greta's Ark westbound crew to return from New York, plus five more for its replacement eastbound crew to get to New York. I'm guessing these flights won't be an economy either. What's that carbon footprint? Why can't she just fly to New York with her father, or even address the United Nations via Skype? Even though this eco-boondoggle has its own website on which the yacht's progress can be tracked, some of us prefer to access more independent sources of information. I won't read the whole thing. I'll just keep going on here. But I think this I guy, love that. I think the guy's a great, great writer. You know, a thought occurred to me when you brought this story up yesterday, Joe, and it reminds me of, of, of a great film in which you know somebody made a personal voyage and a journey a long way mm-hmm. only to finally get there and be told by the security guard that the park was closed. Yeah. Moose out front, should have told you. 
Sorry, folks. The park circle. I had no idea a racing yacht was actually what us land lovers call a sailboat. Yeah, sailboat. Yeah, I had no I idea. Didn't really? No idea. Well, get this no. now. No. Even though this eco boondoggle has its own website in which the yacht's progress can be tracked, some of us prefer to access more independent sources of information. So it was some surprise to see that last Friday on the Marine Traffic website, it appeared that the yacht's position had stopped being reported at uh, 1.32 BST on Thursday morning, a mere nine and a half hours after leaving Plymouth and still identifiably in the English Channel Western approaches, which at the time struck me as slightly odd, as did the fact that as far as I know, and I'll happily stand corrected, there were no news broadcasts from the air filming the yacht at sea. Given the obsequious near 24-7 coverage pre-departure, I mused, wouldn't one have expected at least Sky News and the BBC to have arranged that when the yacht was still only about one and a half to two hours flying time at most from either Cornwall or Brittany? Fast forward to Saturday and a possible answer with a picture transmitted from Greta's Ark itself. Look closely at the right-hand image, which I'm looking at right now. What's that in the top right-hand corner? Why, yes, it looks for all the world like a chase boat. Is this the way she's being accompanied by her father, Thunberg, and filmmaker Nathan Grossman? If so, that looks distinctly fossil fuel-powered. Add all these up. The construction, the crew flights, the possibility, though denied, of a chase boat, that suddenly this venture doesn't look anything as green as it's made out to be. But in this inversion of the fable of the emperor's new clothes, we aren't allowed to say so. (laughs) Here, Here we go now. Here we go. This will give everybody deep thoughts on the Garage Logic Service Road of Life. This entire eco-stunt, this sacerdotal reverence, I don't even know what that word means, this sacerdotal reverence with which it's being treated and the invective heaped on those who dare challenge it is in many ways an ideal metaphor for how deep green ideology has now acquired all the characteristics of a religious cult. Like other pre-enlightenment belief systems, it posits a prelapsarian state of grace, a pristine, innocent, nature-harmonious Rousseauian past which has been corrupted by modernity, industrialization, and capitalism, notwithstanding their having wrought in just 250 years an improvement in the human condition unprecedented in previous millennia. It holds that the restoration of environment equilibrium, the reversal of man's fall from the Garden of Eden, requires all sacrifice and submissions to an elite who will dispense indulgences a.k.a. carbon credits, while intolerantly silencing and excommunicating the heretics. If the contradictions behind the odyssey of the Greta's Ark help more people to see that more clearly, then it may yet prove beneficial, though mercifully not in the way it intends. That's where we're headed, folks. This is a religion. It'll be run by the elite. What was that out of? A website called Climate Dispatch, written by Michael St. George, and uh, I just think he's a fantastic writer. Fantastic that, that was a writer. very well-written piece, mm-hmm. and there's he's not the only one. I mean, The Sun covered the same thing. Uh, ABC News has brought up the fact that the, the crews are flying back and forth across the uh, Atlantic. Mm-hmm. What was the phrase that, that tripped you up? Sac- sacerdotal? Yeah, look that up. I'm trying. I, 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 that's I, 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 yeah, I didn't know how to spell it. I was oh, I get a snickerdoodle. <laughs> it's cookies. Sock her doodle. S a c e r. S a c e r. D o t a l. D o t a l. Yep. Quit being George Bush and just tell relating me what the, to priest or the priesthood. How's it pronounced? Does it say sac sac er doodle? Sac er doodle. Sac er doodle. 
All right, let me Hold repeat on. this. Sacerdotal. Sacerdotal. All right, here we go. Sacerdotal. This, thank you. This entire eco stunt, the sacerdotal reverence, priest-like reverence, with which it's being treated, and the invective heaped on those who dare challenge it, is in many ways an ideal metaphor for how deep green ideology has now acquired all the characteristics of a religious cult. <laughs> like a flying sacerdotal. In okay. the seven newspapers I went through this morning, I saw uh, along the line somewhere of uh, activists holding basically a wake for a glacier yeah, that, has, that, that has now melted. Yeah. Well, I got a great email on that, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Was that a humble brag, by the way? <laughs> seven me. papers, good for you. Oh, that was a awful. It, it's, it, I don't. I don't recommend reading seven newspapers. It depresses the hell out of you. Yeah, it's it's an awful way to live your life. Well, here, <laughs> uh, Jim Dudley writes: "Hail the flashlight king! Hail, Hail you. you, Mayor! I would like to observe a moment of silence for the wonderful glaciers that have died to give us America's breadbasket, Iowa and Minnesota, plus the wonderful lakes we enjoy here in Minnesota oh, and brilliant. elsewhere. What a wonderful death brilliant. it was! What a wonderful death it was!" <laughs> P.S. Lastly, I would ask the mayor to ask all garage logicians to reply as I do while listening with the Hail You on the Hail the Flashlight King, as this is a great way to identify GLers listening while walking in the park, etc. <laughs> Cheers from a frequent contributor, Jim. Mm-mm-mm. Brilliant piece of writing. Thank you. Thank, thank you. And God thank bless you, those glaciers who died. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're pretty lucky. <laughs> It'd be tough to find find parking for the funeral. The the Greta Thunberg <laughs> faction of the activists is the most extreme, mm-hmm. and I think this author uh, is getting very close to the truth that they feel enlightened enough to believe that we should repent and that we should return to what they believe was some time when man was harmonious with nature. That time has never existed, by the way. That doesn't, that's not true. Uh, if so, if so, you, I can't imagine what life would be like if we're, if we're bent on, on the pursuing of this return to uh, the Garden of Eden. Well, we're all going to be wearing animal skins. Uh, that is if we have the courage to actually harvest an animal. Right. Uh, all GLers can do and have done without any having been told to, all, all GLers can do is be smart and conservative in nature, as in conservation. Yes. We're last droppers. Just think, just think about Greta's stunt. Uh, I'm going to sail to New York because uh, I won't be creating any pollution. Well... No. You had people who made the yacht, and they drove to the shipyard in their cars, and you're using carbon. Uh, you, uh, uh, you know, sewing machines had to be used to make the sails, which involves electricity. And now you're, it turns out you're flying the crew over the Atlantic and back over the Atlantic. And, I mean, you could go on and on and every on and on. Every single aspect yeah, of yeah. everything and every the, the steel, involved. Uh, the steel stays that hold up the mast in the yacht, that had to be mined out of the earth at some point. What what possible place can can the green religious want to take us? You, you can't. You can't take us anywhere. But I, I want to know, as you mentioned earlier, what, what they envision. The world in which, are, I mean, are you living in the woods? 
<laughs> no, you're living. We're talking caveman. You're living in mm-hmm. caves. Yeah, but if if, if they're going to nitpick, then the pushbackers have to nitpick like that and point those out that you, you you cannot get away. Even if you want to, you cannot get away from petroleum-based products. They are, they're... actually. When I searched Greta Thunberg racing yacht chase boat, mm-hmm. uh, came, with, uh, came up with all sorts of articles bringing up that very point, what we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. Like I said, from The Sun, from ABC News, from... All these websites well, I've never heard of. Well, let's let's imagine another stunt. Let's let's imagine that uh, a guy, a rich guy, because you, you have to be rich, ironically, to pull these stunts right, off. Of course. Yes. Yes. Uh, so let's say some billionaire uh, uh, says, "I'm going to take a tr- a solar powered train from L.A. to New York." Okay. Well, stop right there. A train. Mm-hmm. Okay. Steel. Steel. Tracks, tracks, coal. wood, timbers. No, no coal. He's got solar power. Oh, I'm sorry. But the power, the solar panels had to be manufactured. Timbers underneath the rails. Yep. And people had to. People at the solar plant probably drove there. Don't forget about the batteries and that mining them. process. Yep. Oh my, mm-hmm. nickel, lead. Oh boy. I got another great email on that. Where is it? I got them. I got it all lined up. In fact, as you as you're looking for that, Joe. Aren't our friends at Center for the American Experiment against the solar the solar panel movement saying it's bad for the yeah, earth? Yeah. They're our sponsor for Thursday's show. And if you go to centeroftheamericanexperiment.org, you can find out how solar power is actually harming the environment. So it's a big boondoggle. boondoggle. This is from uh, Jay Leary. Good afternoon. First of all, great job with the podcast. I listen often and enjoy every one. We hear a lot these days about the absolute responsibility Uh, we own to get rid of our internal combustion engines to eliminate delicious meat from our diet and certainly to quit taking our cars to the drive-thru for cheeseburgers. And it's not that unusual to get a condescending sneer from inside a Volt or a Prius. Clearly, these smug electric car owners have no concept of the ecological disaster that is an electric car. The materials mined for the batteries aren't abundant, and they are not harmlessly extracted from the ground. The mining and manufacturing processes are destructive. They consume vast resources and energy, and they fuel a nasty economy. There's a ton of information easily found online, some from reliable sources, uh, more than others. This one is pretty good, and he sent me to www.engineering.com electrics design. I've got 58 pistons powering various vehicles and tools in my home, and I love them all. I have no plans to replace them with electric alternatives in the near future. Looking forward to seeing you at the fair, Jay. Hmm. Why does that one always fall on deaf ears? What? The the mining processes for the batteries. Mm-hmm. How how come they refuse to acknowledge that? Think of, how think how do they think not using oil is better than the lead and and the, the other mining processes for batteries? Mm-hmm. My goodness. And so, then what you do with them when they're cooked? What do you do with a battery that's cooked? You have to take it to the hazardous waste recycling center. And what do they? I do have with no it? idea. Right. <laughs> just it's so full of common sense though that you'd have to uh, tell them to back off stop worrying about it has you know nothing, what? has nothing to do with the environment greta thunberg is unwittingly i suspect unwittingly a part of a movement uh based on the activities of her parents who would apparently be willing to be party to it uh she's she's 
unwittingly a part of a movement to uh, reinvent life. But imagine, imagine being burdened by that thought your entire life. Mm-hmm. But Such, to what purpose? Well, we just... We're, I we're, mean, what... It's, be, it's become... Theolo- theological in nature. That's the purpose. The purpose is but, to cleanse ourselves of the sins we've brought upon the earth through our consumerism and capitalism and materialism and return to, and there's their catch because they have no idea what they want to return to because man has never been in harmony with nature. Ever. Ever. Never will be. Nature is an, a, an entity separate from humans. And it, it's, Rook, get me my favorite quote, please. You know where it's hanging on my bulletin board? No, I'll get it. Oh, I'll get it. I'll get it. You know which one? Yep. Yep. When did we repeat that? Two weeks ago? I, I can't, apparently, I cannot read that enough. I should bring it in every day. You shouldn't, it should not have it stapled on that bulletin but, board. You should have it on this yeah. one. They know not what they want. They have no idea what they're promoting. I should play the Feinstein Office quote again. They that have was pretty good. The lifestyle that they're promoting, Joe, is sod huts, caves. Mm-hmm. Rook, I'll find it. Chopping trees down with axes. Don't he, leave here. Don't he let him do it. it. Huh? You gotta find it. <laughs> what a disaster. How many papers how many pieces of paper could there be on his bulletin board? Hey GLers, it's yours truly here, and I'm pondering another purchase from our friends at DK Mags. Will it be the Ruger Mark IV 22 caliber or the one I've discovered recently, the Smith and Wesson version? Both versions, they come with a threaded barrel. That's so I can attach a suppressor. And the suppressor, it's merely to give my ailing ears a break. I know what I'm leaning towards, and the fellas at DK Mags, they've already told me about the Ruger, but I need to learn the facts on the Smith & Wesson. If you're also contemplating another purchase, the website dkmags.com is a great place to start. If you've never been up to the shop in New Brighton, I suggest heading up there and checking them out. At dkmags.com, you're going to find fair pricing on a vast selection of firearms and accessories. I've purchased both. I've even had them do some gunsmithing for me. DK Mags, they've been around since 99. It's because of the, number one, the no attitude friendly service and the unbelievable knowledge. These guys know firearms. And if you're just getting started, no need to be afraid. Go up there, ask them all the questions you can come up with. They'll they'll answer them all and and really help you out. DKMags.com. They're in New Brighton. They're the best gun shop in town, and they'll match any price you can come up with. Well, in town anyway. And you should check out their other location. They're up in Monticello. It's called Monticello Pond and Gun and DK Mags right here in the heart of Gumption County. Did you find it, Joe? Yep. Put your headphones on. Talk to us, baby. This is Garth Paltridge, the uh, physicist from Australia. And these are, I look for him, uh, these are pieces from Quadrant Online. Uh, He's also written a book called The Climate Caper, Facts and Fallacies of Global Warming. Uh, And this is the concluding paragraph of a piece called Climate's Uncertainty Principle, published 5 April 2019. The bottom line of politically correct thought on the matter, the thought that we must collectively do something drastic now to prevent climate change in the future, is so full of holes that it brings the overall sanity of mankind into question. For what it's worth, one possible theory is that mankind, or at least that fraction of it that has become both overeducated and more delicate as a result of a massive increase of its wealth in recent times, has managed to remove the beliefs of existing religions from its consideration and now misses them. 
as a replacement. It has manufactured a set of beliefs about climate change that can be used to guide and ultimately to control human behavior. The beliefs are similar to those of established religions in that they are more or less unprovable in any strict scientific sense. Mm -hmm. Now, you go back to the fellow... That's a brilliant piece of writing. You go back to uh, Michael St. George. How green is St. Greta's Ark? (laughs) This entire eco-stunt, this sacerdotal reverence with which it's being treated and the invective heaped on those who dare challenge it is in many ways an ideal metaphor for how deep green ideology has now acquired all the characteristics of a religious cult. Like other pre-enlightenment belief systems, it posits a prelapsarian state of grace, a pristine, innocent, nature-harmonious Rousseauian past, which has been corrupted by modernity, industrialization, capitalism, notwithstanding their having wrought in just 250 years of uh, an improvement in the human condition unprecedented in previous millennia. It holds that the restoration of environmental equilibrium, the reversal of man's fall from the Garden of Eden, requires above all sacrifice and submission to an elite who will dispense indulgences while intolerantly silencing and excommunicating the heretics. Back to Garth Paltridge. As a replacement, it has manufactured a set of beliefs about climate change that can be used to guide and ultimately control human behavior. The beliefs are similar to those of established religions in that they are more or less unprovable in any scientific sense. Mm-hmm. What a world we live in. The bottom line is just a, a maybe a, a new group of people pining for control. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, new group and of this people is, pining for control. And this is their vehicle. This is their mode to get there. Uh, just a minute. I had one more from Garth. And the unbelievable ignorance and sappery of the morons that are blindly following this. And then the others with their carbon credits. How could you live your life like that? Are you flying to those uh, global warming conferences? Are you right? Are here's you another uh, are you concluding. Walking? Here's another concluding paragraph from another piece by Garth Paltridge. In short, there is more than enough uncertainty about the forecasting of climate to allow normal human beings to be at least reasonably hopeful that global warming might not be nearly as bad as currently touted. Climate scientists and indeed scientists in general are not so lucky. They have a lot to lose if time should prove them wrong. All right. I love the letter writer who said, thank goodness the glaciers melted or we wouldn't have Minnesota and Iowa. <laughs> right. This is a means to bring and about control over people's Wisconsin lives. Wisconsin and the, and the Great Lakes. A means to bring about control over people's lives. We'll be back in a moment. Ricey here with the Canopy Group Facts. Number one, the Canopy Group writes more new business in one month than a captive insurance agent writes in three years. How is that possible? Let's share other facts to answer that question. Number two, the Canopy Group offers 16 different insurance companies, not just one. Number three, the Canopy Group offers combined single limit coverage, not split limit coverage. Number four, the Canopy Group offers only 
one deductible at claim time, not two or three or four or more. Number five, at renewal, the Canopy Group shops your insurance with their 15 other companies every year. Captives can't do this because they have only one company. So if you have your insurance with one of the captive agents, remember they don't have any other options for you. Call 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. I want to do the guys in GL a favor. You know, times have changed. Your daughter's engagement ring is probably bigger bigger than your wife's wedding ring. Why do you take take your wife's ring into any of the three RF Moeller jewelry stores and upgrade her diamond so the next time you show up at a family event, she's the star. She's flashing that baby around. Moeller has been helping guys solve problems like this for 67 years. They'll take her original diamond in on trade and provide you with a diamond that will blow her away every time she looks at it. Uh, I know guys who've done this, and they tell me that if they knew how much this would have meant to her, they would have done it a long time ago. There are registered jewelers, certified gemologists, certified gemologist appraisers at Molars to qual- they're qualified to show you the difference between their diamonds and the diamonds that other jewelers sell. And if it's price you're worried about, then let me put your mind at rest. Uh, Molar will never lose a sale because of price. And if you don't believe me, go online at rfmolar.com and look at their reviews. These are really family-oriented people with three great locations, Ford in Cleveland and St. Paul, 50th in France in Edina, Gavaday Common in downtown Minneapolis, or online at rfmolar.com. This is the place where you go, you go in there, you come out the hero. Boom. You come out the Every hero. Time. Every time. Every time. They've actually made me a hero once or twice, sure, yeah. believe it or not. You're in the hero business. <laughs> they are. You're in the hero business. They are. It was amazing. Hail the flashlight king. Hail you. Uh, Patrick wants to know, wondering if uh, hockey sticks in the ceiling of the garage would be considered garage wood. No. No. I, 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 no. No. You can't really. They wouldn't be useful for anything except playing hockey. Well, right. what if tools are hanging from them? No, I saw you sent me the pictures. Oh, okay. Gotcha. That's kind of stretching. Uh, Downing, uh, free contributor Downing. Uh, he's referring to uh, yesterday when we uh, discovered at the failed academy there's some feminist nut jobs who think that cows are being abu- abused sexually uh, <laughs> on farms. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Downing. You haven't seen a veterinarian, have you? Downing uh, says. Up to the shoulder, my friend. <laughs> <Yeah>. The shoulder. <laughs> Those radical feminist nut jobs have got it completely backwards. Being a milk cow actually represents the fulfillment of their agenda. It does. Discrimination against females? They couldn't have it more backwards. If a calf is born female, she can look forward to a long life of pampering. Yep. She will be given ample nutritious food. She will be provided a comfortable, safe place to live. She will get her hair groomed to look her best and stay clean. She will receive free health care. She will be able to conceive her children without the need of a male. She will live in communal <laughs> harmony with her sisters. No toxic males allowed. This is radical feminist nutjob paradise. Yes. Meanwhile, if a calf is born male, there's a 99.9% chance that very shortly Chop. he will have his swimsuit area <laughs> mutilated. No anesthesia or painkillers oh, provided. Nope. He will spend his next two years locked up in a pen, wallowing in mud and sleeping on concrete. Yep. He will be fed a diet designed not for his health, but to fatten him up, and by his second birthday, he'll become a rookie burger. <laughs> 
No question. Well, that's my, kind of a grim uh, right. picture. No it's question in my bad. mind. If I come back as a Holstein, I'm hoping I have an udder. <laughs> uh, re- number two point. Regarding the ads not allowed on British TV because people are offended by stereotypical gender roles, like Reavers, I'm cynical. But rather than trying to block a competitor's ad, here's how I see it working. Say you wanted to advertise during the Super Bowl, but you don't have a million bucks. Okay, let's just say that you're on the GL podcast. You announce your intention to advertise during the Super Bowl, show off your ad online, and submit it to the authorities, if that's what it takes, but your ad gets rejected, just as you wanted it to. Now we have a controversy. It's news, and millions of people are rushing to the net to see it. No million dollars required. Would that be considered headdressing? No, I suppose that's not, that's, that's not really head. Yeah, it's headdressing. Well, why don't you say he's too cynical uh, for I, his own good? I call that brilliant marketing. See? Yeah, yeah that's what that is. Mm-hmm. Joe called me too cynical. Well, I am, but... On the same note, uh, uh, Tanner writes, Hail the Flashlight King. Hail you! The VWE golf commercial that was discussed on the show is possibly the most fearsome news story I've heard in quite a while. If the image of a mother and child simply sitting on a bench is offensive... How far removed are we from a mother and child sitting on a bench in real life offending folks? Would we then establish a commission to examine whether or not mothers are allowed to bring children in public? You are correct when you say that the nuclear family is under attack. Mysterians do not appreciate children. I need help completing a link that has been forming on the garage logic service road of life. Would one of those nut jobs who was offended by the VW commercial actually be offended if they were to walk past the same mother and child? Would they then approach the mother to speak of their offense? I don't think so. Political correctness is allowing idiots to be offended, report their offense, and then feel some sort of sick satisfaction or power that our offense spurred an action such as the banishment of this commercial. Good luck, your official oil field correspondent, Tanner. I I miss this. Was the mother breastfeeding? No. No. Just sitting there? No, there's a new uh, government... Uh, agency in the UK that signs off on the gender fairness of any television commercial. Oh, and of course, I <laughs> see. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty uh, outrageous. Pretty damn uh, outrageous. We're gotta, we gotta go to the, uh, we gotta go to the failed academy. What do we got? Are we going to McAllister? Are we going to Chicago? Or, I hope we're, gonna, we're going we're to. We're going to get there. Yeah, we're gonna uh, get we, there. we need to work our way down to. We're going to stay in that part of the country first. We're going to go to Michigan State. The terms I apologize and no problem could be trigger phrases. (laughs) What? And Michigan State University student employees were taught this month to never use them. An hour-long inclusive and culturally sensitive service to residents and guests presentation was part of their mandatory fall training. Raise your hand if you've ever said no problem, MSU facilities manager Sheena Ballback told the student employees, campus reform said. Did you ever think that was a trigger? I say this all the time. I never thought that this could be a trigger word. But if I'm saying no problem, that's, a lead, that's leading a customer to believe that they could be a problem or they could be an inconvenience to you, and we're just assuming, uh, assuring them that they're not. The outlet noted other triggers along with their corresponding calmers during the presentation because you have to counter the triggers with calming oh, yeah, language. You gotta have it, yeah. Trigger, it's our policy. Calmer, here's what we can do. Trigger, I don't know. Calmer, I'll find out and get back to you. Trigger, but. Calmer, and. Trigger, you should have. Calmer, what others have found helpful. No. Trigger, the only thing we can do. Calmer, the best option would be. As for the trigger, I apologize. The calmer phrase, I am truly sorry, should be used instead. 
Campus Reform reported, adding that the claimer, you're welcome, it was my pleasure, should be used instead of the trigger, no problem. And rather than possibly misgendering customers, student employees instead should greet them, state their own names, and and ask, what is your name? That's all BS that's not used in the real world. But just think about it. There is someone making six figures a year on the state's dime to come up with this crap. They don't even want you to say yes, sir, or yes, ma'am, because not everyone identifies as a sir or ma'am. How do they stand with phrases like, uh, I'm going to take and go to the races, or uh, yeah, no, yeah, I don't know, or things like that? How do they stand on Midwest speak? Listen to this fool. Uh, Eduardo Olivo, the school's assistant director of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Oh, he's the assistant. Also emphasized the importance of not misgendering others. We live in a sex and gender binary world. We all know that's just a social construction, he said. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 No, it isn't. Thanks, Yeah. Isn't it kind of a biological thing? I I always thought so. Yeah. I mean, I thought I practiced that when I brought you home the he, him, and they, them buttons. I'm going to wear that button to the fair. I'm a boy, you're a girl, what and uh, she, he is lucky enough to be both. <laughs> Let's they forgot go to, this uh, phrase, what is your problem? It should be, what is your pronoun? Mm-hmm. Chicago Teachers Union delegation traveled to Venezuela in support of socialism and Nicolas Maduro. Was it a learning ex? A self-appointed delegation from the Chicago Teachers Union has caused quite a stir after taking a trip to Venezuela while promoting socialist policies and dictator Nicolas Maduro in what critics are calling a propaganda tour. Last month, the Chicago Teachers Union organizer and three members took a crowdfunded tour of the economically crippled country, calling themselves a delegation of the union, the Chicago Tribune reported. The trip followed a formal Chicago Teachers Union resolution condemning the United States for interfering with Venezuela's disputed regime and calling for America to lift its sanctions against the country. While on the trip, the group blogged about their experiences on the site, Radical Educator Collective, praising the country's free social programs, which began under Hugo Chavez and continued to operate under Nicolas Maduro. The United States government no longer considers Maduro to be Venezuela's leader. They recognize opposition leader Juan Guaido as the country's president. Although the Chicago Teachers Union has since tried to distance itself from the group's trip, even retweeting a message from one of the travelers, Sarah Chambers, who wrote, while staying in Venezuela, we didn't see a single homeless person. USA is the richest country in the world, yet there are homeless people everywhere. Over 17,000 Chicago public school students are homeless. That is why CTU Local 11 is fighting for fair housing. Fair? This This is mental illness. They didn't see any homeless people in Venezuela because they don't. Have, there aren't any homes. <laughs> Everybody's got their own box, cardboard. That is. One member of the union said, "What the de- delegation fails to acknowledge, acknowledge is that they used the CTU name to raise the funds to set up meetings to blog their findings. This was never voted on. They don't get it. It was irresponsible and reckless." After the Chicago Tribune story broke, Sarah Chambers went on attack not only against the delegation's critics, but the paper. The teacher wrote on Twitter, it's absurd that the racist Tribune, (laughs) racist, it means nothing, attacks rank-and-file teachers for traveling to Venezuela with a former Chicago Public Schools sub-tour guide to hear their stories and learn about the consequences of USA's economic war. The Trib has never supported black, brown self-determination in Chicago or abroad. I can't. I can't take this crap. These people are nuts. 
They are nuts. But that quote right there, Kenny, is the exact reason why I think Omar will get elected. Look at what the look what the attack was saying how moronic you people are for going to Venezuela. Oh, you've never supported. Mm-hmm. What, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. That's not a comeback. Today's program has been uh, horribly depressing. Yeah, but I got something upbeat to take you out with. Really? Yeah. I hope so because I just dug through my pile and uh, I found four depressing, items. Depressing. Five items that uh, would would turn us around, and I, I wish you'd talk about any one of them. Well, give me an example. Wisconsin fugitive survives three years in makeshift. Already covered it. Covered it. A Grand Marais property uh, survey draws accusations of shaming. I saw that. That didn't interest me. That's funny, though. (laughs) They're putting up people's property and saying, what do you think of this piece of crap? Uh, (laughs) He blazed his own path with Easy Rider. I propose that Peter Fonda was an awful actor. We could do 10 minutes on that. No doubt. I I think he was, too. Uh, 1969 Soviet message in a bottle winds up in Alaska. I thought that was semi-interesting. We could kill two minutes on that. I'm not trying to kill anything. China. You're right. We we don't. I still do the show like we're here to kill three hours. That's not how you do radio. No. Chinese U.S. zoos face ban on buying wild African elephants. I, I I'm for that. I I want the elephants to remain in the wild. I then that's why I ripped it out. And I thought we, any of these things would be fun. And no, a I great, got I got uh, something. A great, uh, I know you resist the term, but it'd be a great time killer. <laughs> no, I don't want to use that term. I don't use that term. I am going hunting. That's his term. I am killing yeah. time. <laughs> Who are we mad at today? Let's get mad at someone. One of the guys I worked with said, yeah, we're here, we're here till three. I need a time <laughs> trap. Where do I get one? Does Fred alone sell a time trap? I need doing? something to turn it around. Oh, you're going to get so turned depressing. around. When we come back, you're going to get it turned around. Some, right. uh, and something I've always wondered about. Okay. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. Don't veer for deer. Here's oh, hit him Hope there's a hose at the next town. From the Krabby Coffee Shop. News from the Krabby Coffee Shop is brought to you by the Coffee Grounds in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. You can find them online at thecoffeegrounds.com, and then you'll uh, you can get yourself the best fresh roasted coffee you've ever. Tasted. Is that what you were brewing out here? Yeah. Fantastic oh, smell. Man, that yeah. Smell good. I can't drink coffee after 9 a.m. or I would have had some. Ran out <laughs> You're of, uh, so weird. Just after 9 a.m.? Yeah. I have two cups before 9. Boom. We're done. Boom. That's it. I don't ride the bus, but if I did, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> so we've all heard MnDOT's plea, right? Uh, there, In order to prevent rollover crashes or multiple vehicle crashes, MnDOT has been promoting for a few years. Don't veer for deer. Your traffic daddy, daddy that's me. I'm your traffic daddy, Such. Yeah, uh, gross. Uh, right. I have a better phrase, at least I think so. Roll right through it. That's what I say. If it's there, hit the horn if you can, but don't fear, roll right through it. And in my life, that holds true for all critters of all types, including a pheasant, 
unfortunately, that flew in front of me last winter. $900 in damage to the grill. Really? $900, and the pheasant wasn't even edible. There was nothing left of it. Uh, It also applies to ducks and geese. Uh, You guys see the hoople had a couple weeks ago that stopped his car on the freeway, jumped out, ran across traffic Mm -hmm. uh, to uh, assist a goose. And if I remember right, that goose didn't have any goslings. It's just one lone, See renegade, you. dumb goose on the side of the road. Uh, that idiot almost died, cause, uh, almost caused a pileup. Goose's lives are less important than human lives. I agree with that, Kenny. Yeah, goose's yeah. lives don't matter. Leave the geese alone. Honk, wave, be who, on who your way. Who was it always stopped for turtles? Morgan Huey Wall Slattery? Morgan Huey Wall Slattery yeah. all the time. Yeah. And turkeys. Yep. Okay, you're going down the road. I, I, I want to go down here. Do you guys slow down for squirrels? I... I I try to avoid them. You do? Yes. If I'm on a city street, I'm sorry. If I'm on a city street, I'll slow down. If I'm on 35W, no, you're toast, pal. Sorry. Scenario, you're going down the parkway, uh, you're the lead car, and uh, you got about 10 cars behind you because you're driving 23 miles an hour. Squirrel about 50 yards in front of you runs out in the road. You're hammering the brakes. Are you those kind of guys? Um I'm not, and I have a confession to make. I, I ran over a squirrel once. Okay. And I looked in my rearview mirror. I knew I hit it, but okay. I, I, usually they get out of the way. But I saw the tail in the back. Squirrels are smarter than deer. Squirrels will at least try to get out of the way. Okay, right. good. I'm yeah. glad. Right. I'm glad. I didn't try to kill it. Deer I just won't. kept deer, driving. Deer are dumber you, than squirrels. You guys yeah. are playing right into my hands oh. because uh, I was traveling through the woods on a well-worn path up north at multiple trips per day on this path in a variety of vehicles. And they're in front of me, you know, they're eating a nut pose. They're, yeah, they're yeah, up in their yeah, back legs yeah. and doing something, right. you know, brushing their teeth or doing one. Was this mini squirrel? I've seen them this year. They're they're not full blown big reds or grays, and they're not chipmunks. But oh. he was in the eating a nut, <laughs> eating a nut pose. He's no longer with us, is he, Kenny? I'm doing five miles an hour, Such, and. I ran him over. <laughs> he didn't get out of my way. <laughs> I, I was so stunned when I felt uh, it, and I looked in my mirror, and there he is. I backed up. Oh, you, I, I had to see. To make sure he was I, dead. I had to see if he was really dead. Sure enough, he was still twitching a little. So yeah, I, that's what they do. I, uh, uh, I had to put him out of his oh, misery oh, and run him over oh, again. Oh, God help me. And now that brought oh, to mind. That's bad voodoo. That brought to mind another topic. <laughs> The many times in my life, because I'm the redneck in every crowd, that I've been asked to put a critter out of its misery. That's the worst. It happens frequently in deer hunting where a, a guy in the neighboring woods will shoot a deer, wounded, it, it'll come struggling by me, and I'll, I'll take Finish care it of it. Off. It's actually happened out on gravel roads where a, a deer that's run into a car is laying there in the ditch twitching, so I'll, I'll take care of that. You're uh, making me start to like the country's tallest buildings. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> a rabid raccoon once wandered into camp. No firearm was available, so I did the tap on the nose thing and then put my, my boot on its chest and... Took him out one time, one time, and this is is going on here. One time, and this is really awful. A dog, somebody's dog, it had tangled with a coyote or a wolf or something, and it was it was in bad bad shape. And I've actually really struggled with that, but there was no, you know, I I didn't have any choice, and I've known farmers. Who, when it's time to put down old Bessie, they can't do it because they're so close to the Wait, cow yeah. that, that they'll call the neighbor over and the neighbor will come over and put Bessie down. 
You just in the last segment yelled at Joe for the show becoming too depressing. Yeah. What the hell is the matter yeah. with you? So I need. I'm, trying, your, I'm still waiting to get us to our upbeat story. So I need. I need your advice. Um, the last month or so, there's been a, a fox that's been coming through the farmyard, and at first I'd see him once every few days, and then I'd see him every day, and now I'm seeing multiple times a day. And I think he took care of my barn cat. A barn cat moved in, and now the barn cat's gone. Oh, but he's no. also taking care of the woodchucks, you know, and all the other little critters. The problem with the fox. He's got mange Ooh. really bad. Well, you got to shoot him. Yeah, and that's all the neighbors are saying. Oh, you got to take care of that. Yeah. You know, there's big patches of fur gone, and he's obviously, he's getting dumber by the day. But Jeez. what do you do about it? I mean, he's taking care of. He's eating mice. He's yeah, eating, but he got the barn cat. The barn cat takes care of the mice, right? I I don't know. Right, is this segment almost done? How are the rats? <laughs> the rats are gone. The rats are gone. No thanks to this mangy fox. Okay. Uh, it's almost done, and then I've got a little more animal news. But uh, let's talk about the crabby <laughs> coffee grounds over in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. We all know I love my coffee more than my family, and it's not just a dainty cup with sugar and milk in the morning before nine a.m. like our, our pal Suchi. No, boy. I take it. Uh, this uh, my cup, uh, cup. It's black, strong, and it's all day long. I used to think the name brand beans that I'd buy in the grocery store, yeah, they're good. But that was before I hooked up with Eric and Julie at thecoffeegrounds.com. They've been roasting coffee since 96. They've done their homework. They've traveled to Costa Rica, all across Central America. They've been to the farms. They've met the families that grow the beans. They've found the best, honestly sourced beans out there. That's because they have a direct relationship with their suppliers. To me, this means really fresh coffee and a huge variety, too. Light, medium, and dark roast uh, for all us addicts, and even decaf for uh, the rest of you. Uh, And flavored. If flavored coffee is your deal, plenty of that. Uh, But if you need a real high-octane kick, I want you to order the Krabby Coffee Shop blend from thecoffeegrounds.com or a a mellow twist. There's also a Garage Logic blend. The best part, you can go to their website, thecoffeegrounds.com, order a few pounds, and they're going to ship it right to your door. Be sure to use the promo code GL20. That's 20% off. Hail the Flashlight King. Hail Hail you. Last Saturday, I went to Grunhofer's to replenish my supply, and while gazing at the endless flavors of brats, I had a thought. Why isn't there a GL brat? Rookie has a burger, which is wonderful, but I think Garage Logic needs its own brat. You will need to think of what the official brat of Garage Logic mm. should be, or maybe Spencer could come up with something that you can put your stamp of approval on. Love the show, and see you at the fair, loyal listener Chad. And listen to this poor guy who <laughs> drove down from Marquette, Michigan. Marquette, Michigan. His name's Dale. Uh, I'm a, it's a long email, but I'll cut to the chase. Okay. Uh, I bet it's about food. Well, work went late the next day, but I figured I'd go through my plan anyway. However, when I got home, I noticed the CP already cooking supper, thinking my he had put the brats in the drive in the in the refrigerator. Thinking my surprise would have had to wait for another day, I asked her, "What you cooking? Those brats you got?" She said, "I looked to see if the grill was warm. I didn't see any sign of heat. No, not even a single wisp of smoke. What?" No. I turned to ask her if she wanted me to light the grill. That's when I stopped in my tracks and watched in horror as she pulled the brats out of boiling water oh, and, no. and then what placed the them in hell? a heated skillet. The brats sizzled, but my heart sank. You didn't boil them, I cried in you desperation. Of course I did, she said. That's how you cook brats. Not Grundhofer's brats, oh, I said. No. But now I felt like the guy who had only one beer to his name. All I got is them beers. Right. Did you boil all of them, I asked as I looked in the fridge. My heart sank even more. 
The plates of brats were all missing. The hours of travel and anticipation of a Grunhofer brat fresh off the grill was a crushed dream. They were still good, but every bite left me wondering what might have been and muttering despondently <laughs> under my breath, you don't boil Grunhofer oh, brats. You boy. don't boil Grunhofer brats. And he wants Spencer to put a warning label on the on the brats for I other should. unsuspecting really people. really hope their marriage survives. Anyway, back to the coffee grounds. No, I got it really quick. The GL blend. The squirrel brat. The squirrel brat. Oh, gross. No. <laughs> I'm almost no. done, Kenny. Mange. I'm talking I about was it. in the middle of a commercial. I know. That's all right. <laughs> Grunhofer's, Grunhofer's old-fashioned meats at the north end of Hugo. It's become oh. the GL meat and Greek capital of the world. You're going to love it. Grunhofer's old-fashioned meat, north end of Hugo on Highway this 61. This might be history where one guy is in the middle of an endorsement commercial for yeah. the coffee grounds. Another guy steps in, interrupts that commercial yeah, for Julie's his. not going to mind. Uh, Rook here for no. Friday fish fry. <laughs> the Friday fish fry. you got to stop into the coffee grounds in Eau Claire. They're located a half a mile north of 94 on Southtown Drive. Say hey to Eric and Julie. Tell them the Garage Logic podcast uh, sent you. Okay. A couple of things I want to talk about animals in the how, news. How long is this segment? As damn yeah. long as I want it to be. And the more I you complain and interrupt, a, the more the longer posi- it's going to be. Very positive uh, thing there was a story in the strip about uh, Skip and Ping. You read this? They're yeah. the same sex penguin couple. And over they get, they're in, sharing an egg now or in something? In the Berlin Zoo, they were allowed to adopt a penguin ed, egg from a female penguin huh. uh, because she hasn't been able to hatch any of her eggs. Now, Skip and, and Ping, they're head over heels in love, and they've tried adopting other objects like dead fish, yeah. rocks, mm-hmm. branches, etc. Uh, but here, here's, here's what I noticed. It's a penguin story. From the piece I read. Uh, just a little ice cream. The right. two penguins... <laughs> The zookeeper said it's not clear or not whether or not the egg has been fertilized. Oh. So there's a good chance this egg will never, just ever Just hatch. sitting there, huh? Yeah. What if it's one of those plastic ones? For Easter? Easter. For Easter. Yeah, and it's got, it's got a Reese's Pieces <laughs> right, in it. Exactly. And the other story, which obviously we don't have time from uh, for because the, the mayor is very distracted right now, many horses are now going to be allowed on airplanes as service animals. Okay. That's many. Mini horses, 36-inch mini horses. The Krabby Coffee Shop is brought to you by thecoffeegrounds.com in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. You can order the best fresh roasted coffee you've ever tasted from thecoffeegrounds.com. Use the promo code GL20. Now here's Such to depress the hell out of us. No, this is from Fox 17 in Western Michigan. It's a great story, but I have an assignment for all three of you. Write down the questions you have. Uh, it's a great story, but it's also an example of reporting what isn't what it used okay. to be. Right, so keep track of all the questions you would write down. Got my clipboard. Kenny, that means you too. Yeah, okay. Most teens dream of doing something absolutely epic before going off to college. Madeline Hendricks and Braden Dursky. I'm sorry. Yeah, Dirksy made that dream a reality by water skiing across Lake Michigan. Hendrixy, 18, and Dirksy, 17, of Oostburg, Wisconsin, have been friends their whole lives, and they wanted to share one more memorable experience before Hendrixy left for her freshman year at Grand Canyon University in Arizona. Skiing has been part of Hendrixy's life since she was three. She spends her days skiing up to eight miles just for fun, so pushing the extra miles to go once stayed over was a way to make uh, one of her hobbies have a unique purpose. She approached Dirksy about the idea two years ago, and he was down for the challenge. The plan to take the 62-mile journey did not come together overnight. 
This expedition required significant planning to ensure that the teens made it safely. They closely monitored the weather to pick the best day, which was the top priority. The skiers and both towboats were fitted with two-way radios and headsets. The boats also had a GPS navigation, flares, a marine radio, and fully charged cell phones. At 5 a.m. August 10th, with the crew consisting of both teens' fathers, their younger siblings, siblings, and a family friend, they set out from Oostburg for Silver Lake State Park, Michigan. Despite meticulous planning, the pair faced some unexpected challenges. The middle of the lake was nothing but a washing machine, Hendricks, he said. I triple-checked the weather and wind conditions on seven different sources, said Saturday. And Saturday's forecast was certainly the best, said Terry Hendricksy, Madeline's dad. Yet despite all my research and experience and how beautiful it was near shore, I was surprised with how much chop there was in the middle of the lake. The choppy waters were new to the teens and gave way to knee, shin, and back pain for both skiers. They had to remain focused and actively ski through the choppy conditions. I just prayed through the pain, and before I knew it, I was standing on the shore of Michigan staring at my home across the lake, Hendricks, he said. After skiing for a little under two and a half hours, the longtime friends had made it to the other side. This journey has taught me that I can achieve anything in life that I set my mind to, Hendricks, he said. If If I can ski across Lake Michigan, I can do anything. Great story. Good kids, I bet. Uh, fun, but uh, I have a million questions. What are yours? Mine is they never mentioned that they were water skiing. In the beginning, I didn't know what type of skiing it was until you said they were going to cross the lake, they were going to do this. It never specifically mentioned no, it, water head, skiing. The headline is teens water skied 62 miles across Lake Michigan. Oh, I didn't, hear, I didn't uh, hear that. Well, mine is what were the boats? Dang it. That's what I wrote down. What were the boats? Uh and do I would need to know the type of boat to would it have a sixty-two mile range at 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 a reasonably high speed? I was wondering how much gas and uh, yeah. Uh, my well, how, my two questions were one ski or two and what kind of boat? Yeah, mine was what kind of boat? And did and another question did each boat tow one kid? It must have, yeah. from what I understand. Yeah, you never allowed Kenny and I to, you know. Wrote our question. No, well, go ahead. That's, no, that's how he is. I'm kidding. That's how he is. Yeah, that's how he is. I'm being spoken about. He's a bad, bad way. Yeah, you go ahead and you can have your own segment, and then he interrupts your <laughs> your live spot, your only source of income with his his live endorsement. Yeah, the, but they never so, did address the boat. How'd they get back? Mm, yeah, because they would be like the uh, the guy on the jet ski, right, where he got stranded out in the middle of Ooh. was it Lake Superior? Yeah. Racing yacht. No. A, a car with a small carbon footprint <laughs> picked him up. Every time I'm in Chicago, I wonder, you know, could my 18-foot plastic boat make it from Chicago to the other side to Michigan? Okay. Well, now I know it's about two and a half hours, uh, and you, you could never be sure of the weather because the, these guys thought they had the weather figured out, and all the middle of the lake was full of chop. I don't get the, the washing machine reference. Well, those just up and down waves, waves just, oh, okay. going crazy. Uh, but they pulled that off, and it's fantastic. But I would love to have known the kind of boats. And I, I guess I, I guess I can conclude that they would a full tank would have done two and a half hours. You think? Oh, my my a stuff full? gets horrible mileage. Right, but at what speed? Well, well, if you're skiing, it's got to be fast enough. To about thirty, 
They're or both. A they're both. More. They're both apparently very good skiers. So speed would not have been a problem. But when they got to that chop in the middle of the lake, I bet he had to slow down. Yeah, but you can't slow to under. You're not going to ski under 25 miles no, per hour. That would have beat the boats up too in that chop. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm making the assumption. Assumption is when you don't know. Presume is when you do. So I'm assuming that uh, they were, you know, 22, 23-foot boats. Sure. Yeah. Inboards. Well, inboard, inboard, outboard. In, yeah. Outboards, that, it's it, not covered. Is that a wise thing to do? I mean, if you're even if you're a good skier. Yeah, it beats sitting in the, the basement water. watching video games. Well, yeah. Why not? I what think the it was, hell? I think that's why I brought it up. I think it was a great uh, and what great I'm looking thing. at a map of Lake Michigan right now. Well, find Oostburg, Wisconsin. That's what I'm trying to find here. Oostburg is oh for great. It's got to be up. ABC, I'm betting. I'm betting it's up in the uh, what's that area called? The peninsula. Uh, the Upers. That's up in the Upers. No. Uh, South Island. of Escanabas. No, what, what's Island just area. north of Green Bay there, the tourist destination? What oh, am I thinking uh, of? Red cherries, the uh, cherry wine. Um, oh, God. Hey, we're going to go get some cherry wine. We're going to Nature Blessed Tart ter- Cherry Juice. Yes. But the the bounty, what do, what do you call it? God bless it. Door County. Door County. Thank you. Thank I bet Oostburg's up in Door County. Yep. Ootsburg, O-O-S-T-B-U-R-G, Oostburg, Wisconsin. You see it on a map? No, I can't find it on this one. I wonder uh-huh. how my guy at Nature Bless is doing. we got to check in with him, bring him back on the air. I don't know why I don't have a computer in here to find the, my own answers to questions. What do you do here? you got this Well, it, did, it didn't occur to you yet to even go to a map. I'm no, on one No, because he's right already now. on one. Well, he he's not, but he's not accomplishing anything. He doesn't really know what he's 118 doing. 118 miles across the lake from Chicago to Warren Dunes, Michigan. Well, that'd be, that's, they, they that's went much across, farther They south. went across at 62 miles. Yeah, so that's up there in the Uper. Anyway, there's... No, uh, that's the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. There's, I need some serious help here. There's three kind of service animals allowed on airplanes. Huh. Cats, dogs, and miniature horses. Uh-huh. Miniature horses are not to be confused with ponies. Uh, miniature horses are less than 34 inches in height. How you doing, Rook? Oh, you're getting closer, I bet. North Bay. The horse? I bet you're wondering how the mini horse goes to the bathroom. I could Where? care less. I couldn't care the less. The horse has been trained to go potty in a plastic bag. I would just give her the command to go potty, and then I flush it down the toilet. Wonderful. That's fantastic. Never mind. I'm getting no help from anyone on where Ootsburg is, so let's just end the show so I can go look it up myself. No, Ootsburg. We got her. We're going to get we her got, for you. You can't. Ootsburg? You're not doing it properly. It's Oots. right off the water. Berg. Wisconsin. So in, if we're uh, ending the show, that must mean... Three molar locations, 50th in France and Edina, Ford and Cleveland and St. Paul, Gavaday Common in downtown Minneapolis, and rfmolar.com. We've Oots killed enough time for the day? Rookie, you're not even at the right end of the I'm state. right above Cedar Grove off 43, just south of Sheboygan. That's okay. where... Ootsburg is. Sheboygan Rook is north. You have to go up on that map. If you find yourself in Wisconsin traveling I-94 through Eau Claire, (laughs) exit off and visit Eric and Julie at thecoffeegrounds.com. Apologize to them for me, for the uh, mayor hijacking their segment, hijacking their live spot, and putting his own in. Is that on the Michigan or Wisconsin side? What? Ootsburg. Wisconsin. Oh. Thecoffeegrounds.com. What Use kind of boat? Promo code GL20 for a tidy 20%. One at 6 o'clock meeting? Garagelogic.com. 
See you. I never thought I would look forward to doing the fair show. <laughs> God, you and me both.